Each year, thousands of book lovers of all ages visit the nation's capital to celebrate the joys of reading and lifelong literacy at the National Book Festival, sponsored by the Library of Congress and hosted by First Lady Laura Bush. Now in its eighth year, this free event, held on the National Mall Saturday, September 27th, will spark readers' passion for learning as they interact with the nation's best-selling authors, illustrators, and poets. Even if you can't attend the festival in person, you can participate online. These podcasts with well-known authors are available through the National Book Festival website. That's www.loc.gov bookfest. Matt Raymond coming to you from the Library of Congress, and I'm pleased to be joined by Kay Ryan. She is recently appointed by the Librarian of Congress as the new Poet Laureate of the United States, or the more specific title, Poet Laureate Consultant in Poetry. She's the 16th person to hold that title, and she'll be joining us at the National Book Festival, as well as opening the library's literary season on October 16th. A resident of Marin County, California, Ryan has carved out a unique niche in the poetry world with highly accessible poems, using what she calls recombinant rhymes, along with a healthy dose of wit, insight, and even puns. She's written six books of poetry and a limited edition artist's book, along with a number of essays. Her latest book, The Niagara River, was published in 2005 by Grove Press. But she has also spent a great part of her life, more than 30 years in fact, teaching uh, remedial English part-time at the College of Marin in Kentfield, California. And we are absolutely delighted to have you with us. Thank you for making time, Ms. Ryan. Oh, the pleasure is mine. My first question, how does it feel to be the Poet Laureate? Well, it feels very strange. I mean, it's sort of like uh, uh, I've, I've been boiled maybe a little too fast i you know you know the old story about uh, boiling the frog so gradually that it it doesn't know it got boiled i've uh, i've been living out of the spotlight for for <laughs> most of my life and it's a a sudden a very sudden elevation <laughs> uh how did you first become interested in poetry uh you know poetry really came and got me i was always interested in language just i was I was just bewitched as a child when anybody would say something special. I remember I was at like something like third grade, and a, a girl said to me, don't broadcast it. And I thought, oh, what a devastating phrase. I'm going to use it myself. So I was always very, very sensitive to language. Um, but I really only by the, only at the age of about 30 did I realize that I was just not going to be able to avoid um, really writing poetry as a, um, a lifetime occupation. I had resisted it. Uh, I loved reading it. I was a, a undergraduate and graduate student of of literature, uh, but I I think that I hadn't wanted to to be a poet because I saw it as something that really required the whole self. It required a kind of exposure that seemed. Um, obnoxious to me. I didn't want to be exposed in that way. I wanted to be funny, or I wanted to be a more distant. So it was a, I was reluctant to, to be something so all-exposing and, in a sense, all-consuming as well. Mm -hmm. 
Now, were, were there people who told you to indeed broadcast it? I mean, were, were there some role models or, or people who encouraged and, and inspired you as, as you were um, uh, beginning your work? Well, of course, I was, I was inspired by the masters of, of literature in English. Uh, I was very uh, compelled by poetry in general, literature in general. It was thrilling. Uh, I went to community college, and, and I remember my very first English, just English survey course. It was also, comp you know, survey English and, and a composition as well. And, mm -hmm. and I remember being introduced to reading short stories and understanding that they had a, a strong intellectual component, that they, that they could be thought of as more than stories, that they were working on a number of levels at once. And it was very exciting to my mind, which enjoyed work and enjoyed uh, uh, moving quickly. But I hadn't really somehow understood literature so much as a, a, a brain stimulant. And as soon as I, as soon as I got that, I, I really became compelled by literature. Now, from everything that I've I've read and learned about you, you are unique. You're not, I guess, very easily categorized, and, and you've really sort of, uh, as I said earlier, carved out your own place. How would you describe your own style? Well, first of all, I'm going to go back to that word unique. I, I am convinced that every, that every poet is unique, and that, in fact, that is the very uh, requirement of poetry, that, that if it is genuine, something's been said in a way that it hasn't been said before. Uh, the, 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 the subject matter is never unique. It's loss or, or hope or despair or love or, or something of that sort. Uh, but, but it's got to be unique. Um, as to my writing, I think maybe one of the, one of the most distinguishing things about it is that I discovered at a fairly early point in my, my writing development that I just adored rhyme. Uh, and yet I, this was, say, in the 1970s, and rhyme was very frowned upon. Uh, so I think I began insinuating it into my work in, in really strange ways, not direct end rhyme or not, not uh, uh, shoe, blue, new, crew mm -hmm. sort of rhyme, but all sorts of hashing up of sounds and sticking them in funny places. Uh, so I would say that the, the rhyming quality is, is, a, is very distinctive, and the kind of rhyme is distinctive in my work. Also, my poems are extremely short. Um, I, I, they're sometimes called miniature, but I certainly don't think they're miniature. Uh, they're just short. So rhymey, strangely rhymey, and short. And maybe I would also add, really interested in the processes of the mind and the exhilarations of the mind. Hmm. Uh, and also, I think I would say playful. Now, so. I, saw, I saw this phrase, recombinant, recombinant <laughs> having a hard time to pronounce that, rhyme. Is, is that the type of rhyme that you're talking about? I, I, I made that term up a long time ago. I was thinking about like recombinant DNA, where you chop a bunch of, of uh, DNA up and, and stick together in different ways and mm -hmm. uh, make uh, uh, purple ants, 
you know, or, or glow in the dark, uh, rhinoceri. Uh, and um, I take, I take um, the sounds in, in words and maybe rematch them or off-match them in reverse in following words or hash the syllables of one word up and redistribute it in in several others later on and I, it works I think kind of subliminally on people you don't really notice it so much right away but then later you think huh what was that one time I uh, my brother's not a big reader of poetry but he's a nice brother and I had a new book and he dutifully sat down and read it front to back the way very few actual readers of poetry would do and and at, at the end he looked up and he said you know he said, when I was reading that, it didn't, didn't seem to rhyme at all. Hmm. But now it seems like it all rhymed. And I thought that was one of the greatest <laughs> compliments I'd ever had. Very subtle. It, it insinuates itself into you, I suppose. Well, I hope so. Sometimes it's very broad and pounds you over the head, and I like that. Too. <laughs> well, it, this would seem a, a natural spot to ask if, uh, if you'd like to read any of your work for us. Well, sure I would. Um, I'm always glad to do that. And... You know, I thought I would read a, a poem that has to do with, uh, well, the title of the poem is Limelight, and that's also another um, a, a kind of thing I like to do, is take a, a, a word or phrase, like, say, limelight, that we, we, know, we know how we use it. It means to be the focus of attention. Uh, uh, but to think about the phrase limelight, and the reason I want to... I want to read this poem is because I suddenly find myself in the limelight. And this is a comment on limelight. Limelight. One can't work by limelight. A bowl full right at one's elbow produces no more than a baleful glow against the kitchen table. The, pr the fruit purveyor's whole unstable pyramid doesn't equal what daylight did. Are there any other works that you'd like to read for us? Oh, sure. How much time do you have? How <laughs> much time as you uh, like. <laughs> here, I'm going to read you a poem called uh, Home to Roost. And, of course, I'm thinking there of the phrase, your chickens are coming home to roost. And that's always said to us uh, in a very, uh, uh, usually a, a kind of a smug and certainly... Uh, uh, minatory, critical way, uh, because they're never good chickens. They're always ch chickens of bad decisions you make. So here's, here's that poem. Home to Roost. The chickens are circling and blotting out the day. The sun is bright, but the chickens are in the way. Yes, the sky is dark with chickens, dense with them. They turn and then they turn again. These are the chickens you let loose, one at a time, and small, various breeds. Now they have come home to roost, all the same kind, at the same speed. I would expect that your fans would get to hear more of your poetry at both the National Book Festival on the 27th of September and the opening of the literary season on October 16th. I know that you've participated in the book festival in the past. Why do you feel it's important to participate? 
Well, uh, first of all, I would say it's it's really a lot of fun to do. It's just great to see those white tents up all over the mall and people just swarming and so excited and happy. Um, I think it's important to participate because because books are such an exhilarating and central and liberating part of our country. Uh, it's just a, a wonderful thing to say, hey, it's book day. Uh, I can't I can't think of anything that uh, that we can all uh, uh, agree upon more than the the, the centrality of of uh, of books in in our in our mental lives. Why is poetry important? Uh, I you know that's the kind of giant question one hopes one has never asked, but <laughs> I will give it my best. Okay. Uh, I think. I'm going to say from my own point of view that it's the most secret, the most private form of communication in language, and that when I find a poet who means something to me, my first impulse is to keep my mouth shut, to keep it my secret. I think that, 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 poems, that poems are transmissions from, from the depths of, of whoever wrote them to the depth of the reader, and to a greater extent than I think with, with any other kind of reading, the, the, the reader of a poem is, is, is making that poem, is inhabiting those words in the most personal sort of way. And that doesn't mean that you read a poem and you just make it whatever you want to be, but that it, it goes so, it's operating so deeply in you that it is uh, the most special, the most special uh, kind of reading. When we think back over the, the history of, of uh, poetry, hundreds if not thousands of years, uh, names like Shakespeare and Keats and Shelley and Wordsworth and um, Frost, do you think that people today are more or less in tune with poetry than, than we have been in the past? You know, I, uh, that's, that's the kind of question that I absolutely uh, doesn't concern me. I don't worry about it. I think of poetry as like money that you find on the ground or money that's been lost for a thousand years or two thousand years. doesn't matter when you find it. It's valuable. It keeps all its value. It may have much more value. So it can wait for us. And it doesn't matter how many people at any particular date in any particular city are looking at it. It can wait. And it's... it's uh, uh, it's it, it, in my mind. It's never in trouble. Have you ever received feedback from your fans that's been especially moving or inspirational to you in any way? Well, I do find I do get feedback. Uh, I it, it doesn't seem to stick though. Uh, thank God. I mean, because you know, if you're writing, you can't write to correct what someone doesn't like, and you certainly can't write to repeat what they did like. Mm. So I find it very gratifying to my animal self. You know, we all like praise. Um, but I don't find it in any way useful to my writing self. I've always been very interested in, in being able to talk with authors and poets. And, and um, 
find out how they approach their work individually. I, you know, sometimes there are idiosyncrasies or, or particular methods that they hew to. Are there special places that you do your writing or where you find your inspiration or do you wake up in the middle of the night and scribble something down on a pad? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I sometimes say that I, I, don't, I don't write in response to inspiration. I, I don't, I certainly don't wait for inspiration. I, I find that I have to start and rub some words together and maybe they'll get warm, you know, I'll get a little spark from, from them. The inspiration comes after starting for the most part and I'm willing to start quite mechanically. There may be an idea of something that irritates me. I've just jotted a few words down and, um, and just then I would use those words as a title. Uh, maybe and just try to try to get something going and then and then the the beauty of the beauty of writing poems for me is that i don't do much thinking um when i'm when i'm not writing i have of a strangely empty mind and and when i set myself the task usually in the morning and usually lying in bed with a yellow tab and a tablet and and a pen when I set myself the task of just starting to do some writing, not knowing at all what it will be, uh, I, I gain access to my own mind in a way that I just don't otherwise have it. So the process itself of putting the pen to the paper and beginning to use words in, a, in the most accurate way that I can, in the freest way that I can, sort of begin some kind of brain machinery that's otherwise latent. Now, you're also a teacher, uh, and I think, again, that's uh, something that is fairly unique about you and your background and, and being a well-rounded human being, I guess you could say. Well, I don't know that I'm well-rounded. I think I'm probably pretty lopsided, but uh, <laughs> I think the thing that makes me unusual as a, as a writer-teacher isn't that I'm a teacher, because so many writers, by choice or requirement, teach particularly creative writing. But in my case, I have uh, taught remedial English at a community college for, well, over 30 years, although I'm actually not doing it this semester. Uh, and I would say that one of, the, one of the main effects it's had on me, I would guess, is that it has made me desperate to, to communicate simple things. Um, you know, I mean, like, I might want to get across uh, 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 the, uh, the objective case or something like that, or um, main ideas or supporting details or, or Lord knows what, how to use the semicolon. And I will reach, I will reach in desperation for the wildest metaphor to, to bring across to my students some, some, some element of grammar or composition. This would also seem to be a natural place for me to ask if you have any advice that you would offer young people or, or even older people. Um, my mother, for instance, has recently uh, uh, gotten into amateur poetry writing. What would you tell them if, uh, if they're budding poets in their own right? Well, I want to say first it's all amateur, you know? It's all amateur. Uh, uh, I don't think. I don't think that uh, whoever whoever the the, the poet uh, 
they ever believe that they've mastered it and that and that they're ever going to necessarily get one more poem that they can present uh, uh, to the world without shame. Uh, I would say be disobedient. I would say don't be cowed. Uh, I, I would say read a great deal. Read, read, read. And don't necessarily read poetry. Read science. Read philosophy. Read the newspaper. Uh, read murder mysteries. I would add and love language and have have the the largest arsenal that you can possibly have you don't have to use it all but you have it Kay ryan the poet laureate of the united states i always like to end these interviews by asking people what's coming next for them i, I have a feeling that the answer might be something of a whirlwind oh in, in, in what i'm going to be doing next yes I actually, I don't know. I expect all this is going to descend on my head very shortly. But uh, uh, I just got back from a really nice run in the hills of Marin County, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, doing the laundry now. <laughs> Easy enough. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Ryan. We're excited to hear more from you at the National Book Festival on Saturday, September 27th on the National Mall from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The event is free and open to the public, and if you would like more details and a complete list of participating authors, you can visit www.loc.gov bookfest. This is Matt Raymond from the Library of Congress. Thank you very much for listening.